Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Mental Health Awakening 2 and in today's episode um, me and Angela are joined with April and um, April has Crohn's disease and it's going to be a really interesting episode um, to hear about all, all about April and it's going to be really cool because um, different places in the world, well me and April are um, and me and Angela are as well so... <laughs> So uh, I'm not. I'm gonna do it a little bit differently this time. I know, I know. Every time I introduce a topic, but I'm actually gonna delay it and actually maybe let April uh, introduce the topic this time, um, and then I'll get Angela to introduce it. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Yes. Hello. Thank you for having us. So my name is. April Harris, and um, I am, goodness, I'm a, I do a little bit of everything. <laughs> so personally, as far as work, um, I'm a high-level virtual assistant. I'm also a, a business coach for those who have chronic illnesses, and more recently, a self-published author. Um, and what I do is basically I teach people how to support themselves working from home, um, despite living with a chronic illness. So a lot of times whenever we're diagnosed with a chronic illness, um, not only does it affect us physically, but it also affects us mentally, emotionally, and financially. <laughs> so those are all, um, it's a multi-layered problem. It's a multi-layered issue. So it really requires a multi-layered solution to be able to manage all of the challenges that come with living with a chronic illness. And so one of the ways that I like to support people um, in that challenge is helping them to be able to um, still be independent and be able to make money and be able to support themselves despite um, living with, you know, various chronic, chronic conditions. Yeah. Thank you for that introduction. I love how you said that a multi-layered solution for, for a multi-layered challenge. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I, Very much. I, I completely agree with what you're saying, April, as well. I think it's a really good um, introduction. Thank you. So, April, you mentioned that you are you are an author. That's a newly acquired title. Tell us more about that. Yes. So, um, uh, as we all mentioned, like we all have something in common here. We all live with inflammatory bowel disease. Personally, I have ulcerative colitis. I was diagnosed when I was 20 years old, and I'm almost 35 now. So it's been a minute. I've been living with um, IBD. And um, the book that I wrote, it is for a very specific audience. It's very for a very niche audience for those who are living with, with inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's or colitis. Um, but it stems from basically talking about the things like the elephant in the room. Like whenever you're diagnosed with Crohn's or IBD, um, of course, there is that physical aspect, you know, that's challenging, but also learning how to live with the practical, the practical side of um, a disease that that causes you to, you know, miss out on social events or, um, you know, even affects your relationships or especially your mental health, your emotional health. So basically the book that I wrote, it's called I Pooped My Pants. 
<laughs> removing the stigma of IBD, one pair of trash underwear at a time. And um, if you can imagine, it actually stems from uh, a personal experience that I, one that I've had many times. And for those of us in the IBD community um, can probably relate. And it's, again, it's not something, you know, nobody talks about our, your bathroom habits. That's kind of like, um, you know, it's, it's not good manners. Um, but when our whole life revolves around <laughs> the bathroom <laughs> and the anxiety that, 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 that comes with that, you know, going anywhere and always having to know where a restroom is, um, it, it affects us. It affects us greatly. And so learning how to, again, to deal with the social aspect, with the emotional aspect. Um, so inside the book, basically, I, I was able to bring together 20 other IBD warriors who are sharing like the good, the bad, and the ugly of living with IBD. So yes, there are times where it just really sucks. <laughs> where it's it's awful and you're going to have those moments where you're down and you're going to have those moments where you feel defeated but there's also still moments um that you can find the humor in it and that you can that you can laugh about it and you may not be in a position right now where you feel like you can do that but there is hope that one day um that that will happen and that will come but basically it's full of tips and tricks and, and life hacks that we've picked up along the way to help us live um, basically the, the happiest and healthiest version of our lives that we can despite dealing with a chronic illness. So um, that was released in December of last year during Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Week. Um, we had a great launch and um, every, like I said, my family was mortified um, when I told them the title, they're like, oh my goodness, April, no. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> and I said, listen, you know what? The people who get it will get it. And so everyone that I've talked to, you know, within within the community that, you know, deals with this, with this disease and with this challenge, they're like, that's an epic title. And yes, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> You know, I applaud you for so many different reasons with that project. I applaud you even for talking about the mental health aspect of it, how the chronic illness population, you know, it could be Crohn's, it could be colitis, it could be any autoimmune deficiency for that matter. There's so much of a stigma that remains and so there are those areas and spaces that present as taboo and, as you said, bad manners to talk about. But the population of people, if you know, you know, that's exactly what it is. And I have Crohn's. I've had Crohn's disease for 23 years now. And whereas things have progressed and gotten better, more stable periods of remission, I remember the, I would say the first five years before I was ever diagnosed, there was a lots of incontinence and accidents and figuring things out and restrictions as far as people, places and things that I could do or go or all of those things. So it, it is a very real conversation uh, amongst us. You know, we understand we're a part of that population and just being able to bridge the gap between the physical, the mental, uh, the, the, the overall care itself, 
That's awesome. That's awesome. For sure. And as you know, it can be a very isolating disease. I mean, if you're stuck at home, if you're stuck in your bathroom, so being able to, um, you know, share these stories, I really feel like there's power in, in sharing our stories and talking about it and removing the stigma um, and being able to connect, especially I, I appreciate online. I, I have so many like online IBD, like nobody in my personal life that I know of has Crohn's or colitis. Um, nobody in my immediate circle. I'm the only one in my family, but I have so many friends online that I've met and connected with that, um, you know, to um, and that it has helped to, to, to not feel so alone. So I will say social media and, and the online community for that has been, has been really, really uh, a benefit in my case to, like I said, to make connections with others and to not feel so isolated and, and, and alone. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, um, I was diagnosed, um, in October this year, it will be six years ago with, with Crohn's. Um, and um, I've got something weird with mine. It's called something called um, Patchy Pan. So I've kind of got both. I've, I've kind of got Crohn's and Nolfrophicolitis, um, um, which is known as one, probably the, one of the worst forms of, of IBD, I think, I was told. Um, but 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 like you said, like, like you, April, I don't have anyone in my family that has Crohn's, but I do have. A lot of people down my family line that have like autoimmune disease and and stuff like that. So I kind of maybe get them. At, it could go through family. It's just really hard to know why you have it sometimes, and what's the reason behind it. But no, I'm the same. Like like the community online is great um, for IBD because there's so many people out there like uh, sharing their stories. They um, there's it's, it's really cool because you got you got you got people showing them like. Their bags, if they have snowman bags, um, and just if they have injections, if, I just I just think it's really cool, and um, I didn't think it was I didn't like when I was diagnosed. I didn't think there was so many people out there that had it. Like you get told it's rare, and like um, it's hard to get diagnosed in the first place, isn't it? Like IBD, so you kind of think you might be one. It might be one of those diseases because there are diseases out there that have maybe only a few people in the world that have it, and you you may think that when you're diagnosed, and then then you know it, and then um, there's loads of people around the world that have it, and I, I, that's the best thing about it, I think, isn't it? Like the friendships that you make within IBD. Yeah, yeah. I actually met someone I would say last month, and she shared that I'm the first person she's ever met with Crohn's, and. I remember those days as well, where I thought, okay, this is very isolating as we've identified and not knowing anyone directly that had the same condition. So now that I have been a part of different communities, I've even created a community that focused on support, education, advocacy. So to meet Oh my goodness, a person who has never met another person that had Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis. It was just like, it, it just brought out the creativity and the <laughs> desire to support even more. There are still those out there who can be reached. So April, let's lead us into what you are doing and how you're making a great impact 
on the community as far as business and solutions? Oh, goodness. Well, thank you for giving me so much credit. <laughs> I'm trying Absolutely. to do that. <laughs> um, but so, yeah. So as we mentioned, like living with a chronic illness, it's definitely a multi-layered challenge. Um, it affects us in so many different ways. And one of the things that has come out of like the pandemic for a lot of us, especially if you live with a chronic illness, I, I remember thinking, you know, before the pandemic started, like, you know, I had been looking for a way to be able to have like a flexible, um, flexible work that allowed me to be able and allowed me to be able to make money even when I was not feeling a hundred percent, even when I was not able to leave my house, you know, being able to work from home. And, um, I've found that a lot of people with a chronic illness or autoimmune, um, you know, prior to the pandemic, you know, a lot of us had been asking for work from home accommodations, or we'd been asking for opportunities to be able to, you know, to have more accessibility and being told no. And then when the pandemic hit and it's like, oh, wait a minute, now we have to make this, you know, adjustment for, you know, for everybody. So now everybody's working from home and, and it's like, okay, so you mean you, you could, you just didn't want to basically up to that point. Um, but when it comes to the work that I do, so, um, basically it, it kind of just all fell in. Um, it, it was just kind of the right time, right place kind of thing. I had been trying to work from home for a long time and um, I was looking at things I could do online and I actually had done some schooling to, you know, to, to become like a health coach. I've always, my heart's always been like with the autoimmune and chronic illness community. And I knew I wanted to serve that population somehow. And um, so I had done this, I had done this um, like business program online and then the pandemic hit and I had spent all this money, like trying to build this online business that I was like, oh my gosh, like nobody's going to, you know, spend money on like health coaching right now. Like people are just worried about, you know, trying to pay their bills or <laughs> trying to pay their rent. And um, in the meantime, I, as I had connected and networked with some other online business owners that were trying to do the same thing, I was supporting them. We were all building our businesses or, you know, trying to in the middle of the pandemic. And um, anytime you run a business, as you know, if you're an entrepreneur or business owner, there's lots of backend work that needs to be done. So, you know, Angela, I know you're a therapist, like, you know, you you go into the work because you love working with people, but then as you get into your job, you realize, oh, there's all this admin work and bookkeeping and marketing and all these other little tasks that also need to be done. And um, I realized in, in building my original business, like I love doing that, that back end work. I love doing the nuts and bolts stuff and the tech stuff. And I was decent at it. And, um, one of my friends one day said, April, you're really good at this. Like you should start, like, you should start doing this. Like as a virtual assistant, you're really good. And this is at the, in 2020. And I had no idea what a virtual assistant was. I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, so I got online and I Googled and I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I've been doing. I, I can do this. So I, I kind of switched gears 
And literally within three days of saying, hey, I'm offering virtual assistant services. If anybody's looking for support, I had my first client, um, my first paying client. And then within three weeks, my schedule was completely booked with, with clients. Um, and so I had kind of reached this crossroads in my business that, you know, so now I was making money as a virtual assistant, which was awesome. And, and I enjoyed it, but I still had, you know, this desire to, to want to support the autoimmune and chronic illness community. And I love coaching. I love, you know, I love um, supporting others and, and encouraging others. And it, and it was one day that a friend of mine, we were kind of brainstorming and she said, well, is there a way you can combine the two? And so that's where my current business model uh, was born, basically. So now not only do I work as a virtual assistant myself, but I also teach others with chronic illnesses and autoimmune diseases how to work from home as a virtual assistant with skills that they already have. So um, basically, it's it just kind of like I said, it all fell into place. It was right time, right place. And so I have a course online, um, online coaching course where, again, I take people through the process of, of starting their business, figuring out what kind of services they can offer, how to charge, um, how to, you know, set up contracts and, and how to structure their business so that way um, they can support themselves in a way that feels good to them, but that also supports their health. So basically being able, because we all want work that that lights us up, whether we have a chronic illness or not, we we want to, I think, feel like that's a natural human thing. We want to be able to be productive and, and contribute to, to our household and, and to society in some way. Um, we wanna have meaningful work and um, so being able to do that in a way that that lights us up, but that doesn't burn us out <laughs> and that doesn't, um, you know, cause more stress or, you know, that um, doesn't um, doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't burn us out. Then um, that's that's just a really awesome, awesome way to be able to support ourselves. So that is what I currently do. So the the program that I offer, it's called the virtual home-based business blueprint. And basically um, ones who want to learn how to start their own VA business from home can join and then they can learn how to do that themselves. So it's been really, really awesome. Like I said, it's been kind of all my favorite things all tied, you know, in into one business and into one, into one program. So I I really, really enjoy working with people in that way. Awesome. It sounds like your present, your passion, and your purpose all wrapped up in one. I have to say that I have been a recipient of April's virtual assistant services. So listeners, viewers, you guys know me as Angela Jackson, Angela T. Jackson, the face of the Jackson Impact mental health solutions. I am a therapist with Crohn's, right? And so even with the work that I do, there's always the element of seeking to serve and to be fulfilled at the same time. So while I'm serving other clients, my ideal client, 
Oh my goodness. My ideal clients are those with chronic illnesses with emphasis on IBD or Crohn's. And so with, within my career before the pandemic, and I can, I'm just, oh my goodness, I feel like <laughs> my spirit is just connecting because I'm that, you know, I'm that client, I can relate to that. So working in the field, working in community mental health was a different ball game. I was always seeking flexibility. I was always seeking uh, employment or opportunities that would allow me to create my own schedule and flex here or there, or wear the many hats that are required with work, with home, with family, with extracurricular, the kids, you know, all of that stuff. And so I agree with what you were saying. The pandemic opened a door to implement all of these things. So let me let me go back just a little bit. So the services that April offers have been so beneficial to my business. I hope it's okay to say this. I'm saying it. <laughs> so I have I have been so pleased with the virtual services, the skill, the professionalism, all that she has offered, uh, the connectivity, the communication, and also it has given me a, 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 almost almost a, a, a spirit of hope. I'm getting tongue-tied just thinking about it, but there's that inkling of hope because I know that she can relate she can understand what I'm going through as an entrepreneur and also as an IBD patient. So there is that additional care and concern that exists as far as how are you feeling today? What does the load look like? Uh, understanding if maybe I'm not communicating as timely as I need to, there may be a physical delay. There may be, um, you know, a health um uh, challenge. So there's always that added extra from someone who can relate or who has the experience within that population. So I appreciate the services that April offers because there's volumes to the business itself. As she has explained, there's so much that has gone into it. There's the lived experiences and the skill all wrapped up in one. And so I can say that I have appreciated that. And it has just been it, amazing. My husband has made comments about the, the, the other business connections or opportunities or clients that have shown up after certain things have been put in place, certain automation, syncing calendars and all this other stuff that I was not um, prepared to take care of, you know? <laughs> and so that was my idea as a patient, as a mother, as a wife, um, as a therapist is to regain time. And that's kind of where I am now. And that is very, it's very beneficial to hire in or contract when you need it, especially those days when you need the downtime, you need certain programs or systems in place to where you can rest. As with a chronic illness, autoimmune diseases, we have to prioritize rest. And so I, woo, 
<laughs> I just went in there. But I appreciate the services that you offer. I can attest that uh, it's beneficial. Just, girl, you're doing it. Well, you're doing I, it. <laughs> I, I love hearing you say that, and especially from your perspective as a client as well. Um, but to hear you say that, um, it helps me because I get a lot of people, especially like, you know, through DMs and they're like, they think because they have a chronic illness, they can't do this because they've always heard that this, that's a limitation, you know, it's an obstacle. But one of like the things that I love about the type of work that I do and, and working with students that go through my course is like, you're the fact that you have a chronic illness makes you a perfect fit for this type of work. And here's why. Those who have autoimmune and chronic illnesses, we're resourceful, we're resilient, we are problem solvers. Um, normally, because of just the natural things that we have to deal with on a daily basis in our life, we have to learn time management, energy management, we have to learn how to prioritize. Those are skills and, and qualities that make you amazing as a virtual assistant because you understand um, on an intrinsic level <laughs> the importance of, of, of what it takes to support someone, you know, for instance, like yourself, Angela. And so for those who think that Oh, I don't know if I can do this because I have a chronic illness. No, like I love to like flip that perspective and say, no, like you are perfect for this because of the challenges that you overcome every single day. Um, literally, it, it makes you a perfect fit for this type of work because of, of the challenges that you overcome. So I'm so glad to hear you say that. And, and like you said, putting those systems in place, like that's what we do every day. We, we have to learn how to, to manage our time and our energy and be a problem solver and, and go with the flow and, you know, be a good communicator because if we don't develop those skills when learning how just to deal with their own health issues, um, you know, it, it's difficult just to do life. So the fact that we naturally pick up those qualities and, and abilities helps us all across the board as well, even with our work, especially with our work. I, I think it's really good um, because, like you say, you, you're supporting people who have similar to, similar situations. And I think that's that's really good. And I think the more, even the more like job around the world or just different jobs that that will do that because you won't have to explain as much um because it's easier because explain what a chronic illness is or also colitis or Crohn's it's very hard isn't it to explain it to a person that doesn't know what it is even though you want to and but sometimes they you you'll you you will get people that will say they understand and they don't um just for i don't know why they they but they just want to get on with it they want you to get on with it and stuff like that so i think it's always easier if someone has it um similar or they just have the same condition as you um because you're going to relate like if you can't make it in one day or you 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 oversleep um it's not because you've done it on purpose it's just because you're tired and fatigue is a massive mm -hmm. impact on anything um even going out for a walk in the day you may go sleep when you get home um, and then 
I, I, when I've done that, I, 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 people always say to me, it's the middle of the day, what are you sleeping for? And I say, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it, I think the more things, like, I think it's, there's still a long way to go with it all, I think, um, with like raising acceptance and for people with chronic illnesses because um, there's still lots of um, things that people don't understand, like, like stigmas and stuff like with toilet for example people will just think it's a toilet condition or a stomach uh, um, condition which they they're partly right but they're partly wrong they're, they're, they're partly wrong because that's just not the only two things that it impacts um but they're right in that in a way because they do impact that but not ever for everyone like so some people can go toilet like loads of times a day like maybe 50 times or something like that uh, and some people might not do that um it's really important because it impacts everyone differently um and it's good that it's good in a way like you you guys like when you have people who come who got Crohn's or I love a chronic illness perhaps um because there's loads out there it's 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 it's, it's, it's you wouldn't believe it that there is but there's so many out there that we we probably don't even know um and I think that's the best part about accepting stuff where you have other people that that come in and they that they, they're probably shy at the start with and that, that's probably why probably a lot of people with a chronic illness do struggle to have work because of the un- misunderstanding like we spoke about the pandemic um like I think for now actually it's a uh, very much harder because um especially in the UK I, I presume it's a lot of the same around a lot of places now where um people who have um maybe are vulnerable and have a chronic illness um they it's a lot harder now i think because for a lot of people the pandemic's over for them who haven't got uh maybe crohn's or ibd or they might even have crohn's or ibd it's just really dependent on what the situation is so you could have crohn's or colitis or ibd or some sort of chronic illness but depending it's all dependent on how you are and if you're on certain medication perhaps that really dampen your immune system and it is very vulnerable to, to get up stuff isn't it um with with that so like for, i think it's really hard now because for people pandemic is a little maybe over for them but it's still here it's still you can still see people getting it you might it may not be on the news every day like it was at the start um but that i think that's a good thing that it's not on the news anymore because like seeing what on the news, it like we sort of like thinking about mentally that does affect you. Like like uh, at the start, it was telling you how many people would die in a day, um, and um, I know I, I I I didn't want to look at that anymore, um, because I I would get it notified anyway on your phone, and then you've got uh like eight hundred or so people are in hospital or something like that, um, so it, it that that doesn't affect you mentally, and it still does as well if you. It, it's it's hard because at this moment in time, um, it's hard to talk to people. I, the thing I loved about the rules in the first place was the social distancing, because anyway, like for me personally, I don't like going to close to people anyway. So that kind of rule and the mask rule was good. But the thing about the mask, not everyone wore maybe um the correct mask. And the funny thing is, well, it wasn't funny at the time. It was it was ludicrous. What what so, so so say you go into a hospital um when the masks were in place um 
and I would still wear them even if I did go now. But what they would say, um, because I, I'd wear the like the really protective ones that like like the um I'd wear, and then you go into a hospital. It might be a dentist or somewhere you would go in, um, and then they'll say, "Can you take your mask off and wear the one that we're supplying?" I say, "Well, why am I doing that?" Um, because they were the blue ones, and the blue ones are not um good. Then they don't protect that. They protect other um, they they may protect other people, but they don't protect you. So I found out bizarre that people actually did that. Um, they would tell you to take your own mask off, but that would cause you even more harm to taking a mask off and putting some other mask on. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Mason, it's interesting that you brought that up. I think about social events or eating out or things like that and how cautious we have to be. And I say we, meaning the IBD community or anyone with an autoimmune deficiency, there was that level of caution prior to the pandemic, having to uh, be mindful of a suppressed immune system and, you know, whether it's a ball game, a movie, whatever it was. But the thing that I appreciate now is the gloves that you would have to wear at a buffet or a restaurant or anywhere where you would, you know, prepare your own plate mm -hmm. because that's the hand to hand. You know, I, I had to keep it to a minimum. I, I love <laughs> to go to a buffet or somewhere I can choose my own food and just, but at, at some point, I didn't even think about me just touching the spoons and going down the line and the next person and the next person and the next person. And you don't know. Yeah, you just really don't know what another person's hygiene is like, right? We're talking about toileting and all of these other things. We really don't know. And so I was a little bit spooked <laughs> around that. So, um, but okay. now I go places and I still see the box of gloves or they, they'll say, use the hand, hand sanitizer beside the buffet and wear gloves as you prepare your plate. And so I'm noticing uh, I, I like to sit back a little bit and be observant. So I notice everybody is still following through uh, with that as far as putting on the gloves and being careful. And I still keep my distance a little bit. But um, yeah, th there are certain things that we would prepare for. And even as you mentioned, April time management, there was also that task management, how we would organize and prepare. And I would always call it my personal little uh, backpack or my baby bag. <laughs> I have one of those as well. Yes, preparing in advance and things of that nature. It really is something something to think about and to take into consideration. But I want to say, above all of that, there is life after this type of diagnosis. It mm -hmm. takes some time. And the mental health piece of that is you're going to face life adjustments. You're going to face maybe even a level of depression, anxiety, and even PTSD. There are some things that we experience that are traumatizing uh, as it relates to certain assessments and certain things that we go through with some of the medical procedures. But, you know, there is life after all of that. Mm 
that. It takes time. That uh, there's support. There's more support now than there had been. I will say that. Like I said, I've been dealing with this for 23 years. So even the up days, that gives the opportunity to reach out, to support, to research what's new, what's what has changed, and then what works better for you. You know, and absolutely, it is more than just. Uh, a bathroom condition. It can affect the body from head to toe, the hair, the skin, the eyes, uh, the mouth, your senses in general, uh, so many other organs. The fatigue, Mason, you mentioned fatigue, and that is like running a football field three or four times compared to just being tired, you know? So, Gaining an awareness about our own bodies and the situation around it is so important. I remember feeling like no one understood and working in an office, it you know, people, people would actually say it. They felt like I was making excuses. They felt like I was making excuses to either cut my day short or cut my time short. I even had one employer, they automatically knew that in six to eight weeks, I was gonna show up needing to go home because with the type of medication I was receiving with the infusions that I got, it just seemed like the medication was not working or it was not lasting the full amount of time. So at the end of six or eight weeks, there was this huge flare <laughs> and I would do my best to push through and show up, push through and be in position, but it, it was just, a, it seemed like a losing battle. So finally we got it right as far as the, the timing, but yeah, it, that became the norm. And normalizing these difficult conversations is what pulls the communities together. It's what highlights opportunities like those that, uh, I'm sorry, that April has created opportunities for work, opportunities to show your resilience, opportunities to grow at your own pace. So there is life after a diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And like, it's just me, like, a lot of people with IBD will be, just, even before, I, I, I find it hard to believe when I hear people uh, who, like like you say about hygiene, who, who don't wash their hands, and they don't think of these little things that, that we see, like, like you say, like, if you're at a buffet, and you're all these people touching the utensils and touching the same thing, and you don't know where people's hands have been, like, some people don't, wash their hands when they go to the toilet and like whenever I go bowling um I will always wear gloves like 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 see-through gloves so uh they're on the balls because they they do clean them but they're not they're always going to be dirty like bowling and stuff like that so I I will always be stuff like that don't care if people look at me um but it yeah it's just those things and like it's well, and I heard this the other day actually. That person said to me that they only shower once a week, or I've heard that in the past as well. And um, which like it's 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 hard to believe, really, because 
like um, I think of it in my own opinion, I shower every day. Like even if you're doing nothing, um, like I think even if you're having a lazy day at home, you still you still want to be. It makes you, I guess, it just makes you feel nice, doesn't it? Like like having a having a wash or something, and it's just being hygienic. Um, because yeah, it's it's crazy. Like over here in the UK, uh, at the start of the pandemic, everyone was getting toilet rolls. Um, everyone was getting toilet rolls, and I was I was very shocked by that because um, I'd like people getting soap as well, and they were really out of stock so fast. Um, and like maybe for people who have IBD, or maybe people wouldn't. I don't know what they would have used because they everything gone unless you're out there far fast. You have to get your your toilet roll and they make make use of it. But yeah. It's just crazy, like, why people aren't like us with hygiene. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You, you brought up some interesting points, especially when you mentioned bowling. See, that, that's a prime example of how mindful you have to be and creative around the things that you want to do. You find a way that's safe for you. You find a way that's accommodating, and that would be, uh, kind of the same idea with work. What is it that's going to accommodate you? How can you make those adjustments for yourself? And things that are normal to us that might be icky and, and cringy, as my kids would say, uh, to talk about to someone else, it might be the norm. And, you know, when I heard you say that you heard someone say they only showered or bathed once a week, I've seen that. I've seen examples of that where certain uh, mental health factors would show up. Maybe they had been depressed or maybe there was uh, just you know, a traumatic experience or a loss or something. You never know what, what comes into play around that. But to someone who is used to bathing every day, sometimes even twice a day or yeah. whatever it takes, that that's you know, it, it yeah. kind of... Also, actually, like, um, because, like, I don't have a stone bag or anything. Like, uh, so I, I sometimes... I, I ask weird questions to, like, maybe your friends and, and just, just because they, they don't have Crohn's or anything, that they don't have any, like, chronic illness. I'll just ask. I'm just wondering, like, how many times do you go through a number two? Because I would wonder, because, like, a chronic illness is different to person doesn't have it and um this certain person would say uh, i only go about maybe once every three days or something like that or maybe even once a week i say really really You're joking because even before crohn's i would at least go once a day um and or something like that and it's, I, I thought i thought that was really crazy i i i just automatically thought everyone would at least go what like once a day or something like that i thought that was the thing and I, like nine people out there don't they go every well whenever they can or every once a day or like, not like, every three days or something and there's sort a certain routine I guess if you have a chronic illness like you you go maybe at the same time like every day or whenever you go or um or like I guess from from my my instance I've been kind of fortunate that I haven't been able not like maybe some people in the community that go loads in a day. Like I wouldn't go 
if I was, if I had pretty bad blood or something like that, I I I could might go about three times a day every so often. But yeah, I, I just I I I just asked a friend that because I was just very interested. <laughs> April, this has been amazing talking with you. Will you tell the listeners and viewers how they can get your book, how they can keep in contact with you and follow you after today? Sure. So um, my book is, as I mentioned, it's I Pooped My Pants, Removing the Stigma of IBD, One Pair of Trashed Underwear at a Time. Um, it is available on Amazon, so you can just search that. Um, also I am active online. I am on Instagram. I'm on Facebook online. I'm known as virtually April. And more about my course or my program. Um, you can go to portal.virtuallyaprilmichelle.com. Awesome. Awesome. So that, 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 that's some really good, like, um, it's, 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 you've got a really good book there, April. I, I like the cover. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. You know, it was, a, it was a communal effort. So I actually brought in people from the IBD community and they helped me design it. So um, really, really proud of that. Yeah, it's, I think that's really, it's really great. But thank you, April, for, for, for coming on podcast today. Talk about like your, your mental health, um, like IBD, ulcerative uh, colitis, Crohn's. All that, all that lovely stuff that we love to talk about. <laughs> um, well, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you've enjoyed it. Um, and um, and uh, is there any anything else that you want to say? Oh wow, I think I've said it, and I'll stick with it. There's life after a diagnosis. There are some adjustments that you may have to make, but you can still live a full, hopeful, purposeful, fulfilling life. Get the book, order the book. If you know someone who is challenged or struggles with a chronic illness, uh, IBD, ulcerative colitis, or Crohn's disease, order the book. I believe it would be very beneficial for you. I plan to do so as well. I um I facilitate a support group for uh, UC and IBD locally where I live. And I think I will offer it up as a group, as a group project, as a group read. So awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I know it's me and April just to thank you at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, But Thank you to anyone who's watching and listening. Um, we hope you've enjoyed this episode um, as much as we all have today. Um, but I hope you guys have a nice rest of your day because I know it's pretty early um, for you. Uh, but thank you, uh, April. And thanks again, Angela. It's been great having you on Mental Health Awakening too.